0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a BB with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers
7: What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll get you there. An unmatched selection of fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All the boys are here. Uh, Buyer getting ready for his uh, weekend extravaganza. Plus, you got the I Want Your Flex Podcast. Uh, side note, you can download my All Ball podcast. My man, Dane DeLegro, who's the the star, uh, the new Predator in the new Predator movie, is uh, my latest guest. Part one is up. Part two will be up, I think, tomorrow on All Ball. Uh, Jason Stewart, he, like me, a long-suffering Charger fan, we'll discuss in a second. And John Ramos, who uh, his Rams are 0-1, but the the Doyers continue to be amazing, albeit, albeit some issues in the bullpen that at some point we need to discuss. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, we will talk about the Cowboys because, well, we have to talk about the Cowboys. Uh, Brandon Whedon, a former Dallas Cowboy and Oklahoma State Cowboy, is going to join us in the first hour. Cody Kessler, he was awesome when he broke down quarterback play for us as well. The former, uh, all former Browns, I guess, former round quarterback, former USC standout as well. We'll get his take on last night's battle, Titanic battle of the two quarterbacks as well. So we got a lot to get to, um, and we got picks for you, which we killed it in the NFL We did well last night for the most part, and uh, uh, bits and pieces, right? Like, Bayer had the Chiefs, and a little backdoor cover by the Chargers, Uh, but Bayer had the Chiefs. It was a four-point line. I think uh, Jay Stew, who's a Charger fan, he picked the Chiefs. I took the Chiefs and the under, so I was one and one last night. Ramos took the Chargers. Did you take the over as well? So I,
9: I, uh, I didn't bet the. the okay, so under-over.
7: so Ramos, I guess, hit the bet, but he also thought the Chargers would win. Um, so let me give you kind of my my take on the game, and you're welcome to have your own. We'll get what Pat Mahomes said about their win yesterday. First, this is not a show that's ever defamed Pat Mahomes. I know there have been some that are like Pat Mahomes. I, I don't. I don't know where this narrative that he. There were times their offense wasn't great last year. They couldn't run the football. And they struggled against, you know, those two super high safeties, just keeping everything in front. And their patience was challenged. But, I mean, I don't know anybody associated with this show or most any show on Fox Sports Radio that thought Pat Mahomes wasn't awesome. Uh, look at the—it's not one result. Look at all of the results for—during his time as a starter. And he's never—his his season has never ended before the AFC Championship game. That's remarkable. And he was, at time. he made some incredible throws last night. I don't believe he was, without any question, the better quarterback. And I don't think they were the better team. The Chiefs won the game. There were two plays that I thought turned the game. Now, it should be pointed out, and this is not excuse-making, this is reality. Not only were the Chargers without Keenan Allen and without uh, their six-foot, eight, six-foot-nine uh, par, parham, their, their, uh, parham their, their big tight end. But they also lost their right tackle early on in the game. And, you know, it was, it was an, protection was an issue. But look, protection's an issue at times for the Chiefs as well. So we're not making excuses. I'm just simply telling you that there was an interception the first half that was called back because of an illegal hands. And if you watch the play, it was a comically bad call that would have been an interception. Two plays later, the Chiefs scored. Game's different there. And then, even after the Chargers struggle to start the second half, they march all the way down the field, get to the two-yard line, and a ball that I believe was actually really well thrown ends up getting picked off um, because the wide receiver slash you know, tight end in question was gassed and wanted to come out of the game. And it gets picked off, returned 99 yards. Compound that with the fact that... Uh, Uh, Herbert took a savage beating and the Chiefs found a way. And this is one of the things that you can give credit. I have no problem giving credit. The Chiefs, they pull rabbits out of their hat like no one you've ever seen. There's no, you know, Karnak, you know, Karnak couldn't have 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 predicted it any any more clearly. This is what the Chiefs do. Right. You know, they have an explosive offense. You know, they have a crazy, talented quarterback. And if given a chance they always find a way seemingly to come back. I do think, though, if you watch the game, you'd go, you know, the Chargers are really good. And if fully healthy, they're probably better than the Chiefs. That, that was my takeaway. It's not defaming the Chiefs. It doesn't mean the Chiefs stink. I, I just, I, I think the Chiefs offense is okay. Um, they spread the ball around for the most part. But Travis Kelsey's obviously their biggest game-changing, game-breaking player. And he made some game-changing, game-breaking plays. Uh, Their defense, Chris Jones, is still a load inside. Um, And their defense is good. And they're well-coached. I think the Chargers are a little bit better. The difference is the Chargers have to figure out a way, have to figure out a way to win those games. Whereas, I mean, then Jason Stewart can tell you, as longtime Charger fans, it does always feel like, I've seen this movie, I know how it ends. My takeaway, I I don't, outside of a season changing injury to Justin Herbert or long term injuries on their offensive line, uh, with a you know with a pulled hamstring to Keenan Allen, they'll be fine. I I don't, you know they should have been two and zero, but one and one is fine. As for the Chiefs, they're two and zero, and they've beaten one playoff team in Arizona and one division challenger in a a game they had to win it did feel like that was a game that probably more important for the Chiefs to win than it was the Chargers to most people I do think for the Chargers to be able to win that game to get out to a big lead and complete the deal but they couldn't and that still leads to some disbelief in the Chargers that's what I think let's get the voice of Pat Mahomes here's Pat Mahomes talking about winning even though it wasn't pretty
8: Yeah, I mean, we just hung around. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. The defense kept us in the game. Offense, we didn't. I mean, we didn't play our best football. And I think the defense, that was huge for them to keep us in that game, make some plays, get points on the board. Um, and then just, and just give us a chance. And, um, I think with a young defense like that, to see that this early in the season, I think that's going to carry us the rest of the way.
7: Here's Pat Mahomes when asked about spreading the ball around.
8: That's what we said um, going into camp. It's going to be everybody. Uh, it's not going to be one, one guy. Our, the, Justin Watson came in uh, when McColl was a little banged up, and he got McColl's route, and he, and he won against a pro bowl, all-pro corner. Um, and so uh, for guys like that to, to make the, their imprint on the game, that'll help us out as we get into these tough games like this, that we're, we can get touchdowns and, and, and stuff like that from everybody.
7: I, I love the idea of spreading it around, and the and the thought is that when you don't have Tyreek Hill, and they forced it sometimes to Tyreek Hill or they forced it to Travis Kelsey, that that becomes too predictable. And if you watched the Chargers last night, right, um, that game was nearly ended because they were forcing the ball. Justin Herbert was forcing the ball to Mike Williams because he didn't have two of his other weapons, you know, and they did a good job of corralling Eckler, plus Eckler has to stay in some to chip. And for pass protection, and so there were times in which it was Mike Williams and then, man, who else do you Gerald Everett, I guess, who else do you do you trust? But Pat Mahomes may be the better because of it, because they can actually run the offense and his ability to improvise and find anybody who's open seems to be working so far. But they had they had plenty of spots in which their offense got stagnant as well. Um and they had plenty of spots where they could have made a push in the game or made, put the game out of reach with offense, and they struggled to do so. But they scored enough points and held off the, the Chargers just enough, and their defense did make enough plays. Here's Brandon Staley talking about his quarterback's performance.
10: It was a tough game, and you're not going to see a quarterback in any level of football play tougher and do more for their team and will their team um, to give them a chance than him. There's nobody that can do what he can do. Nobody. Um, he showed a lot of guts, he showed us what he shows every day, um, that we're never out of the fight, and he brought us back and gave us a chance. It was just a tough NFL game, and he took some big hits, and none of those big hits had any impact on him bringing his team back like he always does.
7: Here's Brandon Staley explaining the pick six.
10: Yeah, I just wanted to give our our defense a chance to compete. I really loved the way we were playing. Um, I felt like that was the formula to flip the field there. You know, I felt like we were aggressive when we needed to be tonight. You know, we converted all four of our fourth downs. But just felt like, you know, who's over there and the way our defense was playing. uh, I felt like the field position would be a big edge for our defense to be able to pin them back there.
7: Well, that's, that wasn't necessarily the cut we were looking for. We were looking for we're talking about the, the pick six, which was, you know, I mean, Gerald Everett asked to come out of the game. Here's, here's, here's the cut.
10: Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky what happened. It was unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace, and, you know, it didn't work out. It's just, you know, when he's matched to the flat, you know, the, the tight end has the option to come back in, and so um, I think Justin was expecting him to come back in on that. But, you know, it's just one of those unlucky things that happen, and obviously we'll learn a lot from it.
7: I, I'm I'm not going to go with unlucky. Okay, I know he. There's a, there's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking that wind. I know you need it out of the game, but bro, you had, they had outside leverage. You were supposed to come back in, and you just quit because you were tired. Quit because you were tired. And you cost your team the game. Could they have run the football? Absolutely. Absolutely could have run the football. I it, hindsight being twenty two he couldn't have run the football. But Justin Herbert read the outside leverage. He was supposed to come back in and meet the football, and he didn't. And then he's sitting there worrying about his mouthpiece. All right, Jay Stu, what'd you think?
8: Oh man, so many thoughts. Uh I'll give you the concise version. It's it's uh I thought the Chiefs were gonna win especially after I knew Keenan Allen was out, I thought the Chiefs were kind of win easily. So I wasn't surprised at the outcome, but it was a gut-wrenching game to watch because of all the missed opportunities. I I hate being that guy, and I rip on that guy that blames the calls, but there were a a couple egregious calls, namely the first interception where the offensive player, I thought, was doing the pushing on the P.I., and then I think everyone has come to the conclusion overnight that Asante Samuel caught that interception. What I think wasn't uh, addressed was that was a horrible pass by Mahomes. It was thrown into two Chargers, yes. and the only reason it wasn't intercepted because they're defensive backs and not receivers. Uh, but anyways, I all that comes to like a gut wrenching like watch for me. I think Justin Herbert's throw after his ribs were uh, obviously yeah. giving him pain was one of the most heroic like throws yeah. and passes I've seen in a long time. I so, love so, that. So if, kid, you didn't, so if
7: you didn't watch, if you didn't watch the game, I uh, just kind of quick synopsis. So they're down ten, so they're trying to score quickly before the two minute drill, and the Chiefs did a good job of kind of keeping everything in front. And he's just taking a beating, right? And they got he got a hit once. He's just laying there. Then they showed a bunch of the hits to the ribs. And that was before that drive. He comes back in that drive after sitting there and Chase Daniel even was warming up. And on third down, it's like third and one, he scrambles and all he's got to do is fall down, you know, or slide. And they get the first down and his ribs hurt so bad that he just kind of flings the ball down. And then somehow he gathers himself. The next play stands in there when, when, uh, they were like in a cover zero blitz and throws a just a seed an absolute seed on the money so i yeah i i don't know if, i don't know if it's heroic or toughness but uh, you know he he won a lot of points with a lot of people with with playing through what felt like a savage beating mahomes made some amazing plays as well some some typical he threw a ball jc jackson missed on for a touchdown pass Um, he obviously threw that little sidearm deal, but Mahomes, a lot like Herbert, he had a couple that should have been. One was picked off, and then they got it back, and then others that should have been picked off. Uh, I thought it was a hell of a football. It was a good football game. It's a good football game.
8: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Three hundred thousand dollars.
2: Anyone can win. Relationships matter, and only one All Star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio
3: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's
6: up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
7: It's the Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, so listen, we have our five-for-five five pick segment in the third hour of the show. Uh, killing it in the NFL, six and two so far in the National Football League. Um, although I got to look at those numbers real quick, Jay, too, just because I want to make sure that we, um, you, you, you got the Bills one in there. Okay, got the Bills one in there. Uh, one and one last night because I took the Chiefs and the under, the under hit, obviously the Chiefs did not. And I, I warned myself, I was like, man, four, I liked it more, it was a three, I warned myself, but i I couldn't. I couldn't get there. Um, Seahawks in the under was I nailed both of those right? Dolphins last week. Cowboys in the under I I missed on. Hit did hit the under, and the Chargers against the Raiders and the Bills. So six and two so far. At college football was a disaster last week for me. Yuck. 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 How did I take Iowa? Yuck. Central Florida, Louisville, smack them. Louisville plays tonight. That should be a good one. Anyway, our five for five picks are next hour. Uh, Bill Krackenberger is going to join us upcoming in like five minutes. He's a professional sports better. So we'll get his picks on the NFL this weekend. But there's more than just the NFL to bet on. Matter of fact, what we do is we all have an idea. of Man, I, I like this line. I like this pick. I like this game. We call it the gambler. The, war, the, the rules are there are no rules in the gambler. Just something you want to bet on this weekend and you would advise others to. And generally, we've been crushing at this thing. Crushing at this thing. So it does not have to be football. It, but it can be football because Jay stew Ramos, Bayer, Bayer obviously has his own show. So you guys have, you don't have the the chance to make your own picks the rest of the show. This is your chance. One thing you're going to gamble on if it's your last bet you're going to make before you die this weekend. Jay Stu, you go first.
8: All right, everybody. I'm going to give you uh the Jay Stu team parlay. That's, Jay uh, Stu uh, team yeah, parlay. I, I copyrighted that Jay Stu team parlay. Uh tomorrow the Cornhuskers take on the Sooners in Nebraska, and I got a message for Cornhusker fans. Tommy Frazier ain't walking through that door. <laughs> So you want to?
7: Tommy Frazier's not walking through that door. You want to
8: pair the Sooners minus eleven with Georgia, who's giving twenty four and a half to the Gamecocks in South Carolina. Sooners and Bulldogs. That's your Jay Stu team
7: parlay for the weekend. Two faves on the road, huh? What could go wrong? Nothing. Ramos,
9: you're up. Well, I'm I'm quietly I think seven and zero in my last seven picks. So, <laughs>
0: is this I why think? he was so defensive yes. last night on the text chain? Seven
9: and zero. So if you're if you're betting with me, you're you're a millionaire right now. Uh, let's. I got two picks for you. I got a baseball pick. I like the, I like the John, Pirates. Are you good
7: at golf? I'm left-handed.
9: <laughs> I got the Pirates are going into the New York Mets tonight to City City Field, and uh, yep. the Mets are, are are playing horrible right now. I mean, I don't they're they're inching toward the end line. So yes. I like the Pirates tonight. You know, it's not Degrom, it's not sure The Pirates, right? So let's go with the Pirates on that game. They're like a plus two twenty in some games in some places. So that that's a good bet for you. The other bet I have is the Forty ers are at home against the Seahawks. The over and under is forty. I'm not sure Geno Smith and Trey Lance could get to 40 if they tried. So let's take the under in that game, Ooh. 49ers and Seahawks. Everybody's it, doing the, yep.
7: everybody the two-team, multi-game.
9: Multi take the under 40 in that one. Yep.
0: All right, Doug, it's one of the craziest streaks that we have seen, but the Indianapolis Colts, for some reason, just cannot win as the road team when they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. This not only includes games that are actually played in Jacksonville, but they also lost a game in London during the seven-game losing streak as the road team against the Jaguars. Colts come in as a three-point favorite, and the streak comes to an end on Sunday. A motivated Colts team, even with a little dinged-up Michael Pittman Jr. and no Shaq Leonard or Alec Pierce, the Colts win and cover against
7: Jacksonville win and cover against Jacksonville you hear that people win and cover against Jacksonville I love it I love it alright I got my my football picks upcoming plus we have a professional gambler upcoming so here's what I'm going to do I probably shouldn't be doing this but I want to and i want to because i think it's the right thing to to engage you guys on dusty may how's dusty may pitched since he's come off the come off the uh il pretty, pretty good. good yep yeah yeah i would I, I would i would agree although you know i picked him last friday and he got smacked around right i picked him last friday against the padres and uh and he got smacked around the previous friday Against the Friday, against the Padres, also he got smacked around. He's pitching this Friday against the San Francisco Giants against a guy named Logan Webb. Um, guys, any know about anything that happened to Logan Webb this week? Anyone? Uh, well, I know he's a good pitcher. He is a good pitcher. Yeah, he's got two point seven zero ERA. Okay, last time out. Only gave up six hits, two earned runs. I was against the Cubbies. Last time he faced the Dodgers, seven hits, two earned runs, three earned runs, and he got the win. Um, I'm going to take the San Francisco Giants as the dog tonight at home against the Dodgers. Why? It's the curse of Dusty May on Fridays. He sucked last Friday. He sucked the Friday before, and I'm betting he's going to suck this Friday. Give me the Giants to get the win tonight. Ready? And he's sitting at the table. Everybody, I don't hear time you. There we go. I hear Jay Stu. What about you, Ramos? When, when the deal, deal is done, done you, got you got to know, know when, when to hold him. Know no when to hold
9: him. Know
7: no when, no no when, when to
8: walk, walk away. away.
7: And, and no, no, when to run. run. You, you never count your, your money. money. When, you're when you're sitting at the, the table, table, there'll be time, time enough for counting. When the deal is done. Right, his name is Bill Krakenberger. He is a, a professional sports better along with Jeff Schwartz and Brian No, They co-host Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM every Sunday morning. So tune in Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So instead of getting those tout shows, you know, like six out of the last seven games I have given you have hit, you just call this number. Instead, you actually just listen to Fox Sports Radio and you got a pro like Brian uh, Bill Krakenberger, excuse me, Bill, uh, uh, who's going to give you all the insight that you could possibly want and you don't have to pay those touts Service fees. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, Bill, there's, there's a bunch of things I want to get to, but I, I thought Ramos brought up a really interesting game. Uh, you got the Niners, who their offense was horrific, horrific last week. Now, the returning home, we don't know about George Kittle playing, and uh, they're taking on a team in Seattle who won on Monday night, but their offense in the second half just completely died out, and they won't have that energy who do you like in the Seattle-San Francisco game? So
12: First off, thanks for having me on, Doug. Yeah, I'm actually, my car is pulled up right along the beach in Atlantic City. Uh, I was running in and out, terrorizing bookmakers here, uh, running in and out. But <laughs> that particular game that you're talking about, so two nights ago, I got a weather report on that game and uh, there actually two different games that were going to be bad weather, and that was one of them. Seattle, San Fran. The total was—I was in Vegas at the time. It was forty-two and a half at a couple of the sportsbooks out in out in Vegas. And we actually just took a lead on that game only because a couple of the sportsbooks had the under in that game. Did your guy? By the way, your guys are on fire. Did I hear you're six and two? When some other guy won his last seven games? I mean, you guys are—who would want to go anywhere else? You guys are really the the bomb. There it sounds like.
7: Yeah, but there's no science to it. We just we just pick them out of a hat, and we just we hope we we hope. I, and I was I'm six and two in the NFL, but one and four in college. So it's you know like it okay. evens out. I'm, you know like. All right. Uh, yeah. but well, we we did, we stuff, did well. We did, we did very well last year. We did very well last year. It's all documented, but we're not the pro that, that you're the pro. So so in terms of weather in San in uh, Santa Clara where the, where the game takes place, you like the under on it? Yeah, I, I do lean to the
12: under. I hate. Giving out a play to someone now at forty when I went forty two and a half, so it's just a lean. I wouldn't play the under forty right now, but it may come back. I'll tell you why, because the weather forecast may improve. So there is some forty and a half out there now. I'm looking at my line, my live line service right now. Uh, I do see forty and a half at a lot of the spots in forty. So uh, I, I do agree with you guys, though. I'll lean towards the under there. Uh, though I didn't really make an official play that you know, first of all, what I do is more of a profession. I I don't even really watch a lot of the games. I don't really sweat the action a lot, though I do when my buddies are in town in Vegas or Atlantic City. We all watch we all will watch the games on Sundays.
7: Um, what happened with this Atlanta Rams line? It opened at thirteen and a half and now it's at at nine and a half, ten and a half, depending upon the book. why such movement?
12: Yeah, you know, that game actually did. I'm looking at the sharper sports books out in Vegas, though. There's one real sharp one that's cut the line, and all the rest of the books copy that. Opened up eleven and a half, down to about 10, and you're right. There is a couple 9 and a halves, uh coming out now. As a matter of fact, there are five, five double-digit favorites this weekend. That is unbelievable. And after the first week, there's five big favorites like that, especially all these games were pretty tight. Uh, besides, like, the Buffalo game and stuff, it, it's unusual. And and I'll tell you, I, I don't know if the Rams really, after that first game, I know it's, you don't really want to go by the first game. They need a game or two under their belt. Sure. I wouldn't be looking to lay any double. I've never, ever throughout the year lay any double-digit favorite ever. So I just don't bet that. I'm an underdog guy primarily. I want the side that the sports book directors have by the time the ball is in the air.
7: Okay. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the double-digit line thing is interesting. So does that mean you'd like Houston against Denver as well, right? Denver, short week, but come back home. Um, Houston managed a tie, but a low expectations for the team. You like the dog in that one.
12: I mean, if anything, I would lean to those double-digit dogs. I, I I actually don't do a lot of side betting. I'll tell you why. I don't know a lot of guys that can beat the side long-term. I'm looking, this is a business to me, I'm looking just to win. I look. I, I bet a lot of proposition bets. matter of fact, I just ran in here, and that's what I was betting. I was betting, I bet Flacco under yards, and I went in and, and bet it a second time after they moved it under yards. So, I'll bet a lot of the props, I'll bet a lot of the totals, I'll bet some of the correlated parlays. What that means is, I'll bet a team in the over or a dog and under whatever it may be i don't really do a lot of side betting so i hate to give your viewers something that i actually put i haven't put my money up and that's real big to me i love giving out stuff that i put my own money up and i I just don't want to give out make make someone bet something that i didn't bet on fair fair enough
7: um, give me give me give me give me a pick of the week give me give me one that you do give me the ones you do like
12: I think Houston, Denver, I think there's going to be a lot of points there. A lot of points in Houston and Denver. I bet a little bit on the over for the game. I actually bet a, a lot on the the first half, first half over Houston, Denver. And you can still do that over 22 and a half, almost everywhere. I just think after the season, you know, the, uh, the first game, the bad loss to Seattle, like the Broncos offense will come out really aggressive from the start. And uh, I do like that over. Like I said, game over, first half over. I think it's a really good play.
7: Bill Krakenberger, check him out. That's on Sunday morning, ten A.M. Eastern, nine AM uh, seven A.M. Pacific, uh, with uh with Jeff Schwartz, who we know and love, and Brian knows uh, the host. It's uh Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff, presented by Bet MGM every Sunday morning. Bill, you're the best. Get back into the sports book, wreak havoc, and we'll talk to you Sunday morning.
12: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on.
7: Pleasure's all mine. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming from the Tyrac.com studios. Fox Sports Radio has the
8: best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxsportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
1: It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming to you from the TireRack.com dot studios. TireRack.com will help you get what will help you get there. An unmatched selection of fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over ten thousand recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, we got the the gambler upcoming. We got picks upcoming. We got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to get to. Yeah. But um, I want to talk about the play that that changed last night's football game. The the score was 17-all. It's on Thursday Night Football, the first game on Amazon Prime. Between two teams who are conference rivals, division rivals, and the Chargers had won the last two games in Arrowhead, a Thursday night win would give them not only a a two-game lead over the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, they beat the Raiders in week one, and, and the Broncos lost to the Seahawks in week one. Put them in, in great position. Plus, for a young team that just narrowly missed the playoffs, one that has a load of talent, but you need an early season, find a way to win. Felt like they were the better team. So despite badly outplaying the Chiefs in the first half, uh, they had one interception call back, which was just a horrific call. Like There's, there's no, def, no defending that call when you watch the replay. Illegal hands was the call. Um, and illegal use of the hands. Ends up overturning interception. Two plays later, Chiefs score. Still at 17-all. Chargers are marched down the field. Gerald Everett catches two balls in a row. And he motions that he wants to come out of the game. You could see it because, you know, you do the, the hero shot or the iso shot when he catches the second pass, which takes him to the two-yard line. But instead, they, the Chargers try and go tempo. Here's what happened.
8: Chargers go without a huddle again. Right side so trying to intercept it. Picked off at the goal line, at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson can go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5. Jalen Watson cooking hamburgers in Augusta, Georgia. Then he went to Wazoo, and now he gets a 100-yard pick. Six for a
7: touchdown. Kansas City at 10-29 to go in the game. A remarkable call on the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Really, really good play-by-play call. But here's the thing. That was completely on Gerald Everett, right? Uh, The the defensive back is in what's called outside leverage, and Kirk Herbstreit showed it, but they kind of took it easy on Gerald Everett because he broke off the route, which you're supposed to take one step out, and then flat route right back in, meet the football, catch the football, lean in the end zone, score the touchdown. Vince Lombardi had a famous, uh, famous quote, and it went like this. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. And that's exactly what happened in that play. Gerald Everett was too tired to win the play, too tired to win the game, and he cost his team the game. Here's his head coach, Brandon Staley, explain the pick six.
10: What happened is unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace, and, you know, it didn't work out. Just, you know, when he's matched to the flat, you know, the the tight end has the option to come back in, and so um, I think Justin was expecting him to come back in on that. But, you know, it's just one of those unlucky things that happen, and obviously we'll learn a lot from it.
7: That's a very nice way of saying he was supposed to come and meet the football. He didn't, and what looked like a great defensive play was the ball thrown right to him. Because he broke off his route because he was tired. My college coach had an expression, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. That is 100% on Gerald Everett. You cannot allow fatigue to make you quit on a play. I don't care how tired you are. It's interesting. Um, (laughs) As many of you know, I got a chance to coach in Israel this summer. And a little shout out to my boy, Ofek Reef, who played at Yeshiva, okay? And uh, now he's playing professionally in Israel. And the day before the championship game, he had strep throat. He had tested positive for strep. Strep right? right? What is strep throat? He had strep throat, started taking some antibiotics. By the day of the game, he was cleared to play and tested negative for strep. But he still wasn't feeling good, and so he didn't go through shoot around, and there were times in the first half where he took himself out because he was, he was tired. And the second half, your boy decided, we're going small, right? And the team we were playing against had a, a big old center who played at Florida International. I don't know, he's 6'9", 6'10", shot blocker. And we pulled him out in the court, and he was switching on the ball screens, and we attacked him with Ofik, who's a very talented, very athletic kid. And he was winning us the game. And he turned to me and, the, and turned to me and he's like, coach, I need to come out. And I said, you're not coming out. You're not tired. And he looked at me. He's like, no, no, coach, I need to come out. I said, you're not tired. You're not coming out. And somehow, magically, he made it through. Now, part of it was the other team was tired as well. I didn't want to take out the guy who was killing them. And we were less tired than they were. And you can mentally push through these things. The, when Brandon Staley says we'll learn from it, that is a line in the sand moment. And it's not just for Gerald Everett, it's for anybody in that football team. You're tired, you want to come out? Got it, hear it. And the next possible opportunity, we'd like to get somebody in for you. But in the meantime, while you're in between those lines, you have to give it everything you have. You can be tired, but you can't play tired. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Perfect line. Because Gerald Everett's a good player. He had had the two previous catches. He, he was, in many ways, dominating the game. But allowing fatigue to let your body shut down and not complete a route, not do what you're supposed to do, cost your team the game. You just cost your team the game. One play. And you go back and go, well, you know, they were down seven, then they got the ball back, and then the drive stalled, you know, and then they punted, then they got the ball back, after. You know, they're down 10 and they go down and score a touchdown, but it's too late. and The onside kick, which they did fumble and all these. Other, you can talk about all those other things. But the Chiefs were backpedaling. And you can say, we can say, you know, you have fans saying, you know, fanboys saying, well, that's on the coaches. He wanted to come out like, no, dude. We're going to throw you the ball. You're going to be the hero. You caught the previous two. Now you're too tired to catch another one. fatigue makes cowards of us all. And a very good player quit on a route. And by quitting on a route, he costs his team the football game. It's that simple. And you can sit here and go like, man, that's really, really harsh. That's, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a basketball guy. You're like, dude, I'm telling you what's going to be said in that locker room, in that film room, when they watch it. You, you, you kidding me? You're quitting a route because you're tired? You could have scored a touchdown. If nothing else, knock the ball down. I was, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad look. And look, there's 15 more games to make it up to your team. But for a franchise that has been mired in those types of moments, that one felt especially devastating. Yes, Jason Stewart.
8: Isn't it interesting that you just spent 10 minutes talking about something? that was not mentioned even once by Kurt Herbstreit last night. And I want to make kind of an overall um, kind of, what would you call, review of his night as poor to awful. But we never heard this. Everybody in the audience saw the tight end ask out on that play. And then Herbstreet's analysis of the play hadn't even mentioned that. I think he actually put it on Herbert, if I'm not mistaken.
7: Initially, they put it on Herbert, Ugh. and then and then they went to commercial. And when they came out of commercial, they said, you know, it might, that one might be on. He talked about the outside leverage. It might be. It's, he said miscommunication. What a miscommunication! <laughs> right, like like people go like miscommunication. No, it's not. You listen to what Brandon Staley said. He didn't mention anything about miscommunication. Guys got outside leverage. Okay. You stop. You plant. You come back inside. You catch the ball. You fall into the end zone. You score a touchdown. You spike the ball. They come out and kick the extra point. That that's how it, th- there was. There's no mention of miscommunication by Brandon Staley. Everyone knows exactly. Go look at the quarterbacks that that are on social media. Like you can't break off that route. Can't 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 quit it. Uh, I I would say this about Herbie. Here's here's where I I didn't think they were. I didn't think my uh, Michael's one time he, he misspoke. One time Herbie misspoke. I do think we dissect these guys a little bit more when it's a standalone game and we don't when there's, you know, seven uh, 10 o'clock games or one o'clock games all at the same time. You know, that we, uh, Collinsworth misspeaks and we light into him. I thought it looked really good. I thought it was a very clean looking telecast. Um, I did think that there was, they were a little, there's some really big personalities on their sets and they it, it, they were they were muted. It it felt like everybody was tight. Yes. Right. It felt like everybody was tight. Um, Which is interesting. I don't know what's behind that. But when everybody when you see some real like look, Carissa Thompson is an amazing she's a, an amazing talent and she she did the job. She was fine, but she wasn't Carissa Thompson. Right. She just wasn't. Um, I thought the post game was a little bit better. He, here's something. Did you guys notice this? And I think you mentioned this in our meeting before the show, Jason. When you're watching a streamed NFL game. Streamed NFL game. You're a captive audience. Like you can't channel surf. And because that's what happens when you. And, and so in many ways. And I don't know what has the number come out of how many people are watching. It doesn't matter to me. For advertisers. I think this is a good thing, right? Because you can't like, oh, the game said, let me me flip it. Let me see what's going on in the baseball game. It's just, it takes too long. It's too time consuming to flip as opposed to satellite. Or um, if you have cable, you can do previous channel and flip over or whatever. You're like, you're a sequestered audience. You really are. Ramos, you want to hop in? Go ahead.
9: I had two questions. One is, um, yeah, if you want to come out, that's great. But also like, so your point is, even though he was tired and wanted to come out and he couldn't come out, he at least should have come back, at least tried to break up the play or do something to, to at least stop the 99-yard return of a touchdown. Is that, what you're, is that the point, too? Uh, he uh, should here, have done here, something.
7: Here, 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 here's the, has a player ever died in the NFL because he was breathing hard and tired after running after running a couple plays in a row? I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. Right. I don't believe so either, and I'm not talking about player safety, right? You get You're hit right. In the head, and I'm not talking about he was concussed. He was just tired. He was just tired. Come get me! Come get me! And we're going tempo. Okay. I mean, this is this is what you, this is why you run in the office. I just had mm-hmm. this conversation with my son. Right? We used to run at six in the morning in college, and we didn't run in six in the morning because it gets you in shape for playing on a ninety-four by fifty. It doesn't, right? You run at six in the morning because when you wake up, when you you have to be there by 6 a.m. or if you're late, there's hell to pay. You don't sleep the night before. So you run at 6 a.m. for a couple reasons. One, you can't go out the night before. There's just no way. Your body won't function if you went out and you still got any booze in you. And, you know, you might oversleep or whatever. So even though you get a good night's sleep, you get to bed early, you know, you get to bed. Well, I'm going to get to bed at 10 and then i am gonna wake up at five. That'll get me seven hours to sleep. But really what happens is you wake up at three, you wake up at three thirty, wake up four, four thirty. Like, I don't want to miss this thing. So the first thing is you wake up at six in the morning because I mean, you, you run at six in the morning. So coaches teach you you can't go out the night before. Right? Can't go out the night before. And they used to have us run like Friday morning. They used to go like, hey, you run Friday morning and then you're done for the weekend. Yeah, the problem is that that kills your Thursday night, which is a big night in college. So one reason you do 6 a.m. is the discipline of getting to bed. The second reason you run 6 a.m. is the it, it's all for the mental. You start running on a track. I hate running on tracks. Why do you do it? You do it because you have to push your body past your level of fatigue and convince yourself you can do it. And then the body will just do it. You just body just do it. It's like that—that's the whole thing with a marathon. Right? Is that there's a point where most people, when you're, you train your body to push past the level of fatigue, and Joe never didn't do it. It's a that's a mental toughness thing. That's all it is. It is not physical. I I believe physically he was tired. I'm not saying he wasn't tired. But you can't give me effort on that on one route. That's the play is to you. Yes, Dan Byer.
0: I was just gonna play devil's advocate here go for it if you know that gerald everett is caught the last two passes yep wants out yep
7: you know do you look somewhere else yes yeah yes it's totally fair i would say the counter to that is they clearly had a mismatch that's why they wanted to keep going back to him and i think if you ask justin herbert like why'd you throw it to gerald everett when he was tired one while he's motioning to come out of the game Herbert, I don't think is he's probably not looking in that direction, right? He's probably worried about the play and getting the line of scrimmage and getting everybody lined up and getting the play in, right? I don't know if he's looking over at seven, going like, "Are you?" So that that. But the other part is like, you throw the ball to who the defense determines you throw the ball to, right? Don't you like that's you? It's it's the old adage: you take what the defense gives you. Uh, in times, yes,
0: and I think if Keenan Allen is there, maybe then you know Gerald Everett's not getting those. Um, but even Mike Williams. But in, in those situations, I mean, if if you have Keenan Allen there, you're expecting him to beat whoever is on him. And if he's got two guys, then you go to, you know, maybe to Mike Williams and maybe Mike Williams had two guys on him. I don't know what the coverage was. But it was back-to-back, back, you know, and then two back, and knowing that he was gassed. It was a weird route, too, because there was another defender in that area as well. It was just... The, but I, I see what you're saying. I just, I, like, if Michael Jordan taps out, you know, is like, hey, Phil, I'm tired. Like, no, you're not leaving, just like you were talking about your experience here. But we're talking about Gerald Everett here. You know, it's not option 1A for the Chargers in that situation.
7: I understand. I would say, do you remember the um remember the Raider game, for example? You remember the Raider game at the end of the game, all those fourth down conversions? What, they convert seven of them, I think, against the Raiders? Right, I'm. I'm going to say seven. But if you remember, like Mike Williams dropped several balls there, and if you watched him, he was gassed. Right. Yeah. I mean, like he was just gassed. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't stop running. He didn't go like, ah, I'm tired. Throw it to somebody else. Right. You got to complete the route. Um. It, I. I. I understand what you're saying. Like, look, dude, that dude's too tired. Like, go somewhere else. But he had just caught the last two. Herbert went no huddle because he loved that matchup. So, you know, my take on it is it's a mental toughness thing. You, you got to find a way to push yourself through it.
2: MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a
3: whole new level